Today in Contracts, we continued our discussion on consideration. Uh, as you remember, consideration is one of the things that are going to be one of the more confusing components of how to determine whether or not there's a contract. And we talked about uh, the ways that you can tell whether or not there's a consideration. And consideration is simply that there's a value that the parties are contemplating, meaning that both parties find value in one thing or the other that they, that they are receiving. Uh, we talked about the benefit detriment, all that kind of stuff. And so today, we're really continuing this discussion through a couple of cases. We talked about Plowman v. Indian Refining Co. And this is a case that occurred during the Great Depression. The company here was trying to downsize to save some money, as most companies were, but they wanted to try and be fair to their employees. And so the VP of the office uh, called in some of the other employees, called in some of the older employees and said, um, we want to help you out. We're letting you go, but we want to help you out. So we're going to keep you as an employee, but we're going to pay you half a salary and you don't need to come into work anymore. And so that's what they ended up doing. So here, but about a year later, this company was bought out by Texaco. And they said, what are we doing paying all these extra employees? So they decided to stop paying these employees. And uh, they were no longer able to pick up their checks. and Because that was the original only consideration was that you, you come in and you pick up your checks and that's all you need to do. So what's the argument from the parties here? Well, the first argument from the uh, plaintiffs is that there was consideration. They walked into the store. They made a deal and that all they had to do was come in pick up their checks, and it was taxing because they had to travel. The defendants disagree, and uh, they say that this this wasn't sufficient enough to determine consideration. So our biggest takeaways from this is that consideration cannot be given for past actions uh, for a future commitment. So the past actions of the employees does not mean that there's consideration there. We also talked about actual and apparent authority. So with actual authority is when an agent, and that's a person working at the company, has binding power, meaning they're given permission from the board of directors or they are the board of directors themselves. So that's actual authority. Apparent authority is when a third party feels like there's been authority given to an agent by the principal. So if you're standing in the third-party shoes and you're looking at the agreement, and if it appears that there is authority, for example, the principal in this instance uh, told the third party that there was authority, but then went and told the agent that there wasn't authority, there still is apparent authority and an agreement made through that can be binding. And finally, we talked about ratification, which is when somebody with actual authority agrees to the actions of the agent uh, who did not actually act with authority. So in that instance, it's if a principal 
doesn't know that the agent did something. The agent did something. The principal finds out and is all right with it. That's when that's called ratification. We also talked about Dorman v. Sweeney. This is where uh, Dr. Dorman uh, was. This is actually a recent case. He's still alive. Um, was trying to be on the good side of Mrs. Rogers, and uh, Sweeney is her attorney and good friend. But he wanted some of her estate, to say the least. And the biggest takeaway from this is that generally the courts are going to not examine the equivalency of consideration. Um, But they will consider it if the consideration is so grossly inadequate as to shock the conscience. And that's so grossly that it's going to be enough to suggest that there are other elements of fraud that could be involved. The instance here is that he had Mrs. Rogers, who was elderly, uh, sign a contract saying, if you name your children after me, and then I will give you my apartment and $4 million, so a total of about $5 million. And so the equivalency of consideration was so great here that it shocked the conscience. Typically, the court won't look about the equivalency of consideration. So one consideration could be $3,000 and the other could be twenty-five, and the court won't really look at that. And that's really our big two takeaways from consideration here. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials, and the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice. And with that, the fourth thing is if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.